You, my friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone, the longest-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. As always, this show is brought to you by lovely listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Urzabet H, Ridiculous Hat, Beef Squatch, Liam W, and Samurai Flea, and all the other patrons for making this show possible. You can join them and grab some great perks for yourself over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to check out the show notes and all the past show notes over at thehappyhearthstone.com. You'll be glad you went. Hello and welcome to episode 211 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I am your host, Guy Grumpy, and this week we've got a very special guest with us, a well-known Hearthstone personality, the creative genius and Nick Dektek Weiss. Well, welcome, Nicholas. Uh, so understand that the name Dektek uh, comes from the PowerPoint presentation, not from Hearthstone decks. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah that was uh this for the people who don't know who don't follow me yet this was related to a struggle that i had in uh, an application process where they asked me to submit a deck because they wanted to see some materials i could come up with and uh it took me a double take to realize that i had no idea what they were talking about because they probably didn't want me to submit a deck code but i was uh, <laughs> seconds away from really ruining my chances on that job and that job was for uh hearthstone um development position right that one was actually for esports at oh. blizzard in like uh blizzard overall i think it was a generalist esports position production or something of that sort i don't remember exactly but uh it was not just for the hearthstone team but it was with with a game company so when they said deck i was like are we and yeah. like I I am known for Hearthstone being my main Blizzard game. So I was like, are you trying to like, I don't know, test that I I'm really a Hearthstone player or what's going on here? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I guess uh it's all a frame of mind, right? Like if you were skateboarding, then you might think, oh, it's a skateboarding deck or <laughs> or whatever. So yeah. understanding the context is important. So anyway, would you mind giving a, a higher level overview of yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been a card game fan and just general gamer for pretty much my whole life. I played uh, all of the big card games that came out, you know, growing up. So Magic into Pokemon into Yu-Gi-Oh and all of those and uh, lots of smaller games that came out in that time as well. And uh, so I was in school, specifically law school, when Hearthstone came out and I just immediately fell in love and you know, tried to become a bigger and bigger part of the community. And part of that was creating this uh, this Twitter account and kind of just putting all of my love for the game out there. It actually started with, I was posting a lot about it on Facebook and uh, the woman who's now my wife was like, hey, um, all of our classmates and friends and family can see this and you're kind of being like a giant nerd. So can you like <laughs> chill? And I was like, yeah, hey, all right, all right, all right. So I started the Twitter account and uh, I am one of a few lawyers in the Hearthstone scene now. So that's my day job. Uh, but I also, I just love to talk and write about Hearthstone. So I've got my own blog, uh, which is called the Tavern Blog, uh, where I do a little bit of Hearthstone stuff, a little bit of legal stuff, kind of the overlap between them sometimes with stuff like loot box discussions that were big a while back. And 
I'm also kind of the main writer and editor at blizzpro.com for specifically their Hearthstone uh, sub website. So uh, they cover all the Blizzard games, and I'm kind of the main person on the Hearthstone side of that now. Excellent. And that's uh, the Tavern blog, B-L-A-W-G, uh, for those that are yes. looking for that. And we'll have uh, links in the show notes as well. Uh, so before we get too much uh, further then, uh, it wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone if we didn't talk about what's bringing us joy lately. So uh, what's making you happy, Nicholas? Oh, well, right now while we're recording is actually the World Championships for Hearthstone. So uh, that's fun. I don't have a ton of time where I get to just kind of sit down and watch Hearthstone play. Uh, I spend a lot of my Hearthstone time either writing or playing myself. And so it's nice whenever there's a big event like this one that I can kind of schedule some time to sit down and just watch some high-level plays, some uh, quality broadcasts and all of that. And so I'm really enjoying it so far. The The first day was fun. Unfortunately, uh, one of my favorite players didn't make it through to day two, and that's uh, Luna bloody yeah. face so you know congrats to her for making it as far as she did um but other than that you know it's been great it's been fun and i'm really enjoying it yeah i was kind of surprised by that i think a lot of us had run run the numbers crunched to the the numbers on the decks that were brought and stuff and it looked like luna was going to be the pick of choice and unfortunately an early exit so yeah i mean she's she's just an amazing player so if you look at like lineups and then just the pedigree of three appearances in a row. Uh, it made a lot of sense that a lot of people were expecting her to do well. And then also the fact that she's the first, uh, at least out trans player who's going to the world finals or championships. Uh, a lot of people were kind of rooting for her for that reason as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people are a little disappointed, but um, I think it's important to remember that she just, she did an amazing job. She definitely deserved to be there. She's a great player and she'll probably be back next year. You know, odds are decent. And, uh, and so there's a lot to be proud of there for her and for her fans. And also, um, you know, sometimes you just get got right. That's the nature of card games and some things didn't go her her way. And that didn't mean that, you know, she didn't play well. It just kind of happens like that sometimes. Yeah, indeed. And there's still a lot of great Hearthstone left to play. So, uh, yeah, kudos to her for doing as well as she did. Uh, kudos to those that are continuing. I'm really looking forward to uh, the finals and actually get to participate in the post-conference or post-press uh, conference, the post-event uh, press conference. I think yeah. I saw you were a part of that as well. So, Yeah, I saw... Uh... Our names both popped up, so that should be fun to see whoever ends up taking it and what they have to say. The last one, uh, I also got pulled into the one last year, which was lots of fun uh, because nice. that one had Lion uh, oh, yeah. or Lion. And uh, she obviously made history as being the first female uh, world champion. And so there were a lot of um, like endemic press, but also just big press people like. Uh, and Forbes was definitely there, but I think also like New York Times and stuff. And I'm like, so I'm sitting there in my Blizzard gear because this was at BlizzCon. Oh, and I'm nice. like, you know, fully nerded out. I've got my like Blizzard backpack <laughs> and I've got my Hearthstone shirt on and I'm sitting next to like someone who's actually a real journalist. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, you are real. Let's be let's be clear. Yeah. You can, you can put the press pass in your in your hat, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Nice. As as for me, what's making me happy lately has been the achievements in Hearthstone. I've really been diving into getting the Dark Moon Fair ones done, and I'm down to the last four, I think, now, uh, hoping to get those closed out pretty quick. Uh, it's been kind of a fun way of playing where you don't have to worry about the stress of ladder. Um, and, uh, yeah, I get to do new and unique things, uh, find new ways, and it's made me a better deck builder, I think, too. So... Um, oh, that's kind fun. Of, kind of been do you have happy any, with that. Yeah. Do you have any tips? Like, because I haven't been super chasing them. I I spent a couple days chasing them, but mostly I've just been playing my normal play. But uh, I don't know. Some of them seem really tough. So do you have any, yeah. any tips? You... Uh, I guess for us, just as far as tips, you want to try to plan them out a bit. And uh, I would build decks that would work towards more than one at a time as often as I could. So mm -hmm. like my gray bell deck, which is a real uh, grind, uh, had Yogg in it so that you could hopefully push up and uh, clear out some of those. Unfortunately, Rod of Ruin doesn't seem to want to ever find me. So I don't know <laughs> if, we'll, if we'll get those. Um, but um, yeah, as, as many as you can. And then revisit the decks on occasion when you find some new synergies. Like there's a, a demon in I think he's in wild that summons uh, one, one demons to fill the board on both sides. Um, mm -hmm. That's really good for the revolve achievement or for the minefield achievement. So since he's a neutral, he fills the board and gives you the, the options that you would normally be waiting for your opponent to fill their board for. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of little tips for each one uh, that I've been finding. Only one I don't have any tips for is Oh My Yog, and which is uh, <laughs> find lethal uh, with the Oh My Yog secret uh, for Paladin. Uh, I'm just not sure how you can how you can do that. <laughs> yeah, I I saw that a fellow Twitter personality Ben Hearthstone spent a very long time working on that one, and yeah. uh, I think the I think the eventual tip was just play a bunch of things that generate secrets so that you can get more oh my yogs and hopefully just randomly yep. roll into it at some point <laughs> so i uh, i was trying it in wild and i had the uh, i don't remember the name of the card but it plays your secrets twice uh, mm -hmm. or it triggers your secrets twice and unfortunately that would have been my chance to have uh the achievement completed we were both down to like uh i think i was at two life and they were at three life and uh it switched over to um to something that would have done lethal to both of us um but then um uh triggered again and played mm -hmm. it again and changed it to something that did not so i was like oh maybe i shouldn't have had that in the deck uh rip <laughs> yeah oh well <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the main topic i just wanted to share some news uh by the time you hear this uh the updates should probably be live we're anticipating having this episode up on tuesday uh morning so uh on tuesday there's some changes coming that'll make the progression a little bit easier, better along the rewards track. Uh, they're reducing the total XP that you need to get to level 50 by 37,000, uh, adding a couple more 
places where you get gold or adding more gold to a couple of different levels and then adding a bunch of levels past level 50, uh, breaking it down so that it's spread out and a little bit easier to achieve it in smaller increments. Also, Battlegrounds MMR is going to be reset to zero and then there's some other changes coming to Battlegrounds that will hopefully be announced soon. Um, do you play Battlegrounds at all, Nicholas? Yeah, I yeah I play a bit of it. Um, when it first came out, I played a lot of it, like pretty much everyone did. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say it's it's not my main game mode, um, yeah, yeah. but when there's big updates and stuff, I like to play it. We have I tried to put together like a general Battlegrounds guide for BlizzPro, but mm-hmm. it's a bit out of date at this point. So I definitely need to jump back in there and kind of update it with all the new stuff that's changed over time. Yeah, well, wait a little bit longer. It sounds like there's some more uh, big changes coming. So Yeah, that's the problem with it is that the mode changes. I mean, it's it's great for the people who are playing it, right? Because it's right. it's frequently changing as well as the fact that it just kind of by its nature, generally changes pretty much every game. Um, But that also makes it hard to keep an updated guide on it because you can't really be super specific or else that specific tech or card or hero or whatever rotates out or becomes irrelevant for some other reason. So it's Or rotates back in with a different power. Right, yeah. Exactly. Cool. Well, uh, let's move on to the main topic then. We wanted to do something a little bit different this week uh, and while and highlight some content that might be maybe outside of the actual game of Hearthstone, but is very much related. And uh, Nicholas has put together a couple of fan sets now, uh, but most recently uh, released The Halls of Valor, which is, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll turn it over to Nicholas to talk about what it is and why he made it. Yeah, thanks. So um, you invited, first of all, (laughs) you invited me on to talk about these. So uh, I have no delusions that these are as as important as real Hearthstone news, I guess I would say. Uh, But I have very much enjoyed making them. And so I I really appreciate you bringing me on to talk about them. I think that that's uh, really cool of you. So I'm I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity. Yeah, this is so... I know a lot of people create their own fan sets, and when I was when I was first getting involved in tw- in uh, Twitter and uh, Reddit, then there's a lot of people that were creating fan uh, fan cards. The um, Hearthpone had even a, a whole forum where people would post their own designed cards uh, just as an individual thing. And so when people started creating sets, uh, there's you and uh, Pokeniner that I know that are regularly trying to put out sets it's really something that i think is intriguing and it shows a different side of fandom that i think people really would be interested in so that's why it kind of caught my eye it was right around the same time as the release of the um the madness at the dark moon fair so it was it was like another thing to get excited about yeah that's nice i personally so i was actually not a huge part of that community uh, from the get-go. And I, I still probably wouldn't consider myself a huge part of that particular community over at mm-hmm. like custom Hearthstone stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more something that I mostly do myself. And the reason why was because I had been applying to positions on the Hearthstone team. I've actually uh, been trying to be part of that team for, I guess, a couple of years now. And uh, that was where my blog came from. 
um, in addition to just me wanting to talk about Hearthstone and getting more stuff out, it was specifically also trying to kind of show my chops as like, hey, here's something I can add of value. And during one of those application processes, they were like, you know, we like you, you clearly love the game, you're doing some good stuff, you're, I had spent a lot of time studying kind of game design stuff through listening to podcasts and uh, GDC talks and trying to take online, not like formal classes, but just lessons that a lot of companies put stuff out. And, uh, and all of that was great. But they're, you know, they're looking at me and they're saying, Hey, you're a lawyer, and you don't have any game design experience. So we would like to see you get some game design experience. And I I had been always interested in game design. Um, like I said, I've been a gamer pretty much my whole life. And so uh, I'd already written like a, a script for a, an RPG. <clears throat> and I say script in the sense of like, um, you know, dialogue script as opposed to like coding script. But uh, I'd never really built anything before. And they they basically said, you know, it would help you in your goals to try to join this team if you were to build some more stuff. So I was like, okay, cool, let's do that. Uh, now I have a reason to do this thing that I've always been interested in doing, but kind of just didn't feel like I had the time or, I don't know, maybe drive to do so. And so I started trying to teach myself some, some stuff. Um, I am not a coder by nature. So I picked up Unity and did the tutorials, but that one was, uh, it felt like it wasn't playing to my strengths. So then I picked up uh, RPG Maker, which is a little bit more playing to my strengths. I made a little game there. And and the the purpose of this, and I'm working on some other stuff now, but the purpose of these was to show both that I could create things, but then also I wanted to show specifically that I could create content for Hearthstone. And so that's why... I, I've kind of been alternating where I'll make a game separately from Hearthstone and then I'll make a fan set. So like you said, I've made two now. And uh, the goal of these was to show that I can, you know, I do have some design chops. There's there's at least something there for them to build off of and, uh, and to show my commitment and, um, you know, my interest in doing this as a profession, which is still very much there. And... Um, it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people. the The community received them pretty well, especially here on on Twitter, where it's kind of like my home. <laughs> and uh, and I've even gotten some devs to notice and give me a little feedback after the fact and stuff. And so I, I thought that that was really cool of everybody who shared it and taken a look and helped me out with it. And uh, I really appreciate people putting it out there. So um, yeah, did you want to talk specifically about kind of the individual ones uh yeah well let's let's go with the the latest one the halls of valor uh i i've always been a fan of the varicle uh in uh world of warcraft so seeing that they were kind of a center uh point of this set was very interesting to me so i'm kind of interested in how you came about it and some of the uh some of the uniqueness of it like the full uh full card art and um relics in general yeah so this one um and and both of them actually were kind of a little bit more um based on mechanics first Mm -hmm. which is called uh bottom up versus top down design 
Mm -hmm. And so what I was thinking is, here are some cool things that I want to exist in Hearthstone. And so the relics actually came kind of before anything else, because it was an idea that I'd had for a while of, hey, I want these types of things to exist in Hearthstone. And uh, specific... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, To explain what a relic is, um, the idea is it's something that takes up a space on the board and but it's not a minion and then it has effects that affect the game and so um a similar example of something that it currently exists in hearthstone that has kind of a similar effect is the uh quest reward for uh warlock the first quest warlock where it builds the portal and then the Mm -hmm. portal summons uh little imps every turn Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of the same idea where these things stay on the board but can't really be interacted with except for I made a few cards that specifically interact with relics, but you can't like damage them or attack them and stuff. And the idea why I wanted to add these was because it adds this whole extra layer of gameplay where now you have, um, first of all, you have to think about your board spacing, right? Because you're taking up a, a space on your board to do this. Um, you have these specific cards that interact with it. That's kind of the lowest level of additional gameplay stuff, but it is definitely there where now you can make cards, uh, at least in the future. I toned it down a little in this set, but in the future you can make more and more cards that actually care about, you know, draw a specific relic in your deck or, um, you know, have some sort of bonus effect based on number of relics you control and that type of stuff. Or, and this was the big one for me, was that, these can act as uh, what's called an activated effect. And so when you have this on your board, you can create some relics that have effects kind of like having a second hero power on your board where you can drag from the relic or click and then do some effect. And um, you can't really do this as well with minions because when you're dragging minions, right, that's when you're attacking. Mm -hmm. And so... If you want, so you can play a relic and then have some sort of cost attached to this effect and then drag from that relic to the target or click on it and and that'll pay the cost in the same way that a hero power does. And this opens up a whole new world of possible design space where you have cards that you can use an effect after you've played it and then use the effect maybe multiple times, sometimes even multiple times in the same turn. So that was the thing that I was really excited about. These types of effects already exist in other card games that I played a lot of, including Magic, um, where they're kind of similar to the artifact slash enchantment area of uh, that card game's design space. And I thought that uh, Hearthstone could benefit from that too. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, Like I I saw them kind of the same as artifacts uh, from Magic and especially that they had activations and they could possibly be used multiple times and things like that. So... uh, It, it was definitely an interesting ad, and uh, although Hearthstone's a little different in that there's more limited um, space on the board, it also then opens up a lot more strategy for placement, like you said, and it, I, I think it's a really interesting idea that I, I would expect at some point to be explored. Yeah, I and and I expect they actually probably already <laughs> explored it at some point, but maybe they yeah. come back to it now that the game's been around a little longer and yeah. maybe they decide if maybe now's the time to add that a bit of extra complexity, but it opens up a lot of design space and so I was excited about that. And basically I so I started with I have a, a long list of ideas for mechanics and cards and stuff that I just whenever something comes to me I write it down. So 
flipping through my list. This was a cool idea I liked. And then I also, so this, the relics kind of play with the idea of filling up the board with permanent stuff, right? Because they don't die as easily as minions. Um, unless, you know, we went too hard on the counter relic cards because there's, uh, you know, one or two that destroy relics. But in theory, these relics are going to mostly stick around on your board. And so in my head, I was like, okay, this is like playing with the concept of what permanence means in Hearthstone because these cards are going to stick around longer than normal minions usually do. And then from there, I wanted to kind of do the opposite where I'm like, okay, so I kind of also want to play with then the inverse. And so then I came up with this keyword, which I later found out is also in Legends of Runeterra. So yep. uh, sorry, <laughs> but uh, the keyword was uh, ephemeral, which means that the first time this minion attacks or attacks, and, and it only goes on minions, then the minion dies. And so the idea is that like you get one shot with these minions. And uh, so it was kind of like the inverse of you play these relics that stick on the board for a long time. And then you've got these minions that are kind of uh, stronger, but they have this downside that they only get kind of one use for the most part. And, uh, and then from there, that's when you start searching, or at least in my process, that's when I started searching for, okay, how did like, what seems good with this flavor? What, what part of the Warcraft universe do I think works with this? And just the whole, like ephemeral tying into the curse of flesh and then using the relics to uh, there actually were, you know, relics within that kind of uh, part of the game, but also just this idea of you've got these like super powerful magic, you know, items that are kind of above the level of a normal item within the game. It kind of fit within this idea of uh, these characters who are essentially gods to the Vrykul. And and so it kind of worked with the Norse mythology aspects of the Vrykul, you know, story. And um, and it kind of, I, I felt like it just came together well. So I stuck with that and then lean harder into the flavor once I landed on it, where I'm like, okay, so I like this general theme and this general flavor. I think it works with my mechanics that I like. Who are the main characters within this flavor? You know, who do I need to have if I have this story? And so you've got the, you know, the Thorum and the Helia and the Odin and stuff. And you're like, okay, how do we build it out from there? Where do they land within the classes and everything? So it's lots of fun putting it together, but it's definitely this process where, at least for me, it really helps where I kind of outline what I need. And so, um, you know, try to, and then kind of try to fill in that outline where these, this character goes for this class. And so, okay, what does that mean for the mechanics that kind of tie in with this character? And then if I have this mechanic within this class, I want to have at least a couple cards that support it. So then you start filling things in that way. And uh, it's quite an involved process. Of course, you know, they have a whole yeah. team of several people <laughs> right. working on the real ones for months, but uh, it's lots of fun too. Yeah. So with the ephemeral, uh, I, that's interesting to hear that it was tied that the relics came first and the ephemeral were was the counter to that or or kind of an opposite uh, idea whereas because you had mentioned that this was meant to be part of the year of the phoenix kind of a uh, what you would envision the third set would be um then i was kind of thinking that it was taking uh, community feedback into uh into account in that there's so much removal in the game now that uh, minions don't stick around on the board uh, that long anyway. So ephemeral kind of gives you that um, 
gives you a cheaper minion that has those stronger effects but only lasts the one turn anyway uh so um it, it kind of made sense from that perspective but hearing hearing more of your thought process there it's like just adds to the uh, the synergy of the set I, I really like it yeah it's really interesting working on a set that you know you're kind of playing the role of it being a third set versus the uh, the first set that I created, which is called Toki's Chrono Chaos. Um, <laughs> I, that's a problem with that name <laughs> that, I, that I didn't realize at the time is that it's too hard to say. But uh, the, the difference was that Toki's was a first set in my mind was when I was creating it. It was supposed to take the place of a first set. And so when you're making a first set, you're kind of like designing archetypes that you hope will stick around for the whole year and kind of create this, you know, the shell uh, or bones on which you can build uh, a whole year worth of content on. Um, mm. And and obviously they don't want, you know, the first set to just dictate the entire year. That was kind of the problem that they found with Baku and Gen and why it had to rotate early. But you do want it to at least inform the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And whereas the third set kind of did the opposite where I did look back on the community feedback and I did look back at what's, you know, uh, specifically one thing that I know they like to do. And so, which I tried to do as well was kind of look at, um, at sets or, um, archetypes and stuff that that came out and got some support, but then just kind of didn't work and see if there was a way to buff them. And so that it's like, okay, there's one last hurrah for this archetype to try to get it some play before it rotates because we think it's a cool idea. We like, you know, some of the stuff that's here, but it just isn't quite good enough. So is there something we can do to make it better? And I actually did that with Evolve Shaman, which ended up, they did the same where they saw like, okay, we made some Evolve Shaman tools, but there just wasn't enough there for it to actually be a deck at any point. And now some of those powerful tools are going to rotate. So this is kind of like the last chance to get this deck to exist in standard at least. Um, and of course they can come re, you know, revisit it at a later time, but within this rotation, this is the last chance. So we want to give it a little buff and we've seen them do that in the past with third sets. And so I tried to do a little bit of that too. So it was really cool to kind of, when I was in that process where I was saying, okay, here are the characters, where do they land? Here are the mechanics, where do they land? Part of that was looking back at all of the cards that are in standard now, and especially the ones that are rotating uh, with this upcoming rotation and saying, okay, here, here are the mechanics that exist within this class that are rotating. You know, is there something cool here that I want to play up? And is there a way I can do that within the themes and mechanics and stuff that I'm eyeballing for my set? Cool. You never think of how much goes into it like that, but uh, yeah, the differences between the first and third sets are are really strong. So is your next one going to be an idea of a middle set then? (laughs) I guess maybe that's where where I've left it, but I think probably the next thing should be that since they've announced they're doing mini sets, Uh, maybe I want to do a mini set for uh, Halls of Valor and see kind of yeah. So I, I appreciate, you know, you having me on so that people can check it out and give me some feedback, see what they like, what they don't like. Uh, I've gotten a little already, some of it very good. And then that can help inform how I, you know, do all future designs and hopefully get better over time. But also specifically the mini set Four Halls of Valor, which I plan to bring out kind of once we have an idea of 
what the mini sets, a, a slightly better idea of what the mini sets will look like so that I can kind of emulate that with my mini set. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so important when looking at the uh, design uh, or feedback on the designs uh, is that you're looking more at initial design, right? Rather than final design. Yeah. And can you explain and, the difference? Right. Yeah. So to go with that, um, as you guys probably know, the listeners uh, likely know, but maybe don't. Um, Hearthstone, as far as I understand it, from what they've said, you know, publicly has basically two main design groups, and there's a bit of overlap and back and forth between them, of course. But basically, there's their initial design, which are the people who come up with the um, most of the basic ideas for cards and the first versions, and and of course several iterations on those first versions to get them to work, and then. There's the final design who are kind of more the power level, the testers, the people who are making sure that the synergies work the way they want and you know that the mechanics and everything and the flavor uh, hit as hard as they want them to. And so they get a lot of pros, for instance, for the final design. And all of that is to say that the feedback uh, on my fan creations that focuses on things like power level is a little bit less important because obviously I want to get the power level correct. Um, and I, I try to do that. I try to take considerations for that whenever I am designing cards, but if I'm wrong, that's not the biggest problem in the world for the role that I'm trying to, to fill because that role, you know, testing the power level goes to those pro players afterwards. Great. Thanks. Uh, so the other thing about this Halls of Valor set that I I really liked was that it was just dripping in the theme. And I think Hearthstone's done a really great job the last two years of uh, really integrating the themes, whereas maybe in the past then you'd have a, a theme that didn't either carry over, didn't feel as uh, cohesive as these last few years. And the Halls of Valor kind of continues with that tradition. Can you talk a little bit about where your inspiration was like are you a hearthstone player and started with the theme in mind uh that you could fill out with the the relics and ephemeral because it really it really kind of hits uh on all all cylinders there oh yeah thank you um yeah i mean like i said it was more so because my experience comes from more card game uh, background as opposed to people who've come to Hearthstone more from like a Warcraft background. Um, I tend to mostly think of these things as mechanics based first. And so uh, that's where my little outline plan comes from. And that's how I build sets is largely a mechanic based thing. But I think that the flavor is a really powerful tool in designing sets. And so uh, what I did is after I kind of decided on where the mechanics were, that's when I went back into my, I have the the Chronicles that they made, those big books that have the general outline of mm -hmm. all the Warcraft lore. Um, and so I went into the Chronicle and I was kind of looking for a good match for the, uh, for the mechanics that I was feeling. And then after I landed on the general uh, lore aspects there in the Chronicles, then I did a lot of research on the specifics of that lore because... Um, unlike some of the other players, I haven't played through this stuff, uh, but I am very interested in Warcraft lore and, and I like Norse mythology anyway. So I, I, I also kind of double, <laughs> uh, double enjoyed it there. 
And, um, you know, I pulled up, what is it called? Like Wowpedia. I pulled up so many pages. I had, you know, 80 tabs open at a time with all of the various characters and, um, you know, I watched a lot of people play. So I had YouTube videos of people playing through the relevant dungeons and stuff and see, you know, how the gameplay works so I could get an idea of what this character feels like within Warcraft. Um, I think it's really important because some players come from Hearthstone from that Warcraft background or are just really big fans of the lore. And for them, it really makes the set more valuable when it has that lore aspect. And I guess because my background isn't in the lore, I may be overcorrect compared to some other designers, but I I think it's really important. So I put a lot of time into researching it. And when people uh, say things like, you know, this really felt like you hit on the lore here, this card in particular just really took me back to when I was playing in this dungeon stuff. I'm like, yes, that is it. That's what I'm going for. makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah, I, I was definitely getting that as reading through. It's like you could feel the excitement as you're like, oh, I remember that character. Or, uh, you know, this makes me remember those quests where you're uh, flying around the halls of Valkyr and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, really well done with the theme. I, I really appreciated that as going through. And, you know, your last set, too, was, uh, was similarly dripping in theme. Uh, more seemed like kind of a... Uh, kind of like what we were seeing before, like where it didn't necessarily tie into the other sets, but being a, it was the first set, uh, maybe that was uh, meant to be the start of something different. So, um, so yeah, I appreciate you you sharing your thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, the first one was a little bit more of an original creation. The idea, the story behind that one, real quick, was that uh, Toki is kind of trying to correct you know, things that went poorly in the timeline. And so it hits on a bit of a time travel theme as well as kind of those just like really big benchmark moments within uh, Azeroth's history. And uh, the idea being like, she's trying to fix it and then she messes it up and she's actually going back to stop herself from stopping things. And so there was a lot of fun there but it by its nature made it a little bit less of a Warcraft um, tight story, I guess, because the whole point of the story is that she's going back and trying to change things. So uh, it had some references and, and I tried to highlight some of the stuff that, uh, that, you know, some of the important stuff in Warcraft's history, but for the most part, it was like, like a tour, I guess, of Warcraft, as opposed to this was a little bit more of like a deep dive into one particular aspect. So I think it, that's why it, it feels like it hits a lot harder for this one. Yeah, yeah. And then the previous one, I was kind of, as I was reviewing the cards again, uh, I was kind of feeling like this would make a really great single player expansion, you know, um, with maybe even dungeon run style again uh, with some of these cards to revisit those past uh those past events in in a different way and it kind of reminded me too of some tavern brawls maybe uh where toki's been involved so again the theme still hits well with uh, hearthstone and there's a lot of great uh callbacks i guess um yeah they actually did do a uh an event i think it was called uh, I don't. I get them mixed up. They have they had the one Tavern of Time event, and then they had another event 
I don't recall which one is which, but I think that might have been the name of it. But they actually did have a similar theme and event where Toki was going back. And I think it, ha- it involved a, a special tavern brawl and maybe mm-hmm. a special event. So yeah, you're spot on. I mean, I think that some of the stuff that I was doing maybe did work a little better within that format because that's where they explored it. Uh, but also some of the stuff that I did in that set did end up kind of making its way into uh, the you know the normal expansions and stuff that Hearthstone proper, I guess maybe you'd call it. And so uh, I thought that was pretty cool too. That some of it some of it works in both ways. Yeah, it has to be cool to see some of your ideas actually, uh, or something close to the ideas that you had making into the game. Like one one in particular that I I was like, wow, that's actually there was uh, in the Halls of Valor set. Your mystery munitions, uh, where you when you put a random or you put a random mage secret into play, if you already control a secret, you put two in play instead. Uh, kind of is reminiscent of the ring toss. Uh, you know, there's just a special condition, and you get two spells or two uh, secrets. So I was like, well, "That's so close! It's like almost there." Oh yeah, yeah. It definitely feels good when you're on the right track. Um, some people, I don't know how much of a joke it is versus how uh, genuine it is, but some people are like, "Oh, Blizzard stole your idea," and obviously that's not <laughs> the case <laughs> because they're designing cards a year out. And right. so, uh, you know, they, they will, they would have had that idea probably way before I did. So, um, I don't think that's what's going on there, but it does feel really good to be on the same page as that. Yeah. Right. Especially when I'm trying, when specifically I'm doing this because I'm interested in trying to join the team. And so, uh, when I'm on the same page as the team, that, that always feels good because it's like, okay, uh, maybe I'm on the right track here. Yeah, exactly. I, I I wasn't trying to suggest that they stole your idea more so. Yeah, the same thing. That yeah. You you have ideas that are similar to what they have, so it should be something that will uh reflect well the next time you apply. Um Yeah, yeah, no, I know you weren't getting there. My <laughs> my wife was like, "How many cards have you designed for them?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, it's not like that." I swear. <laughs> yeah, man, first she kicks you off of Facebook and then uh <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's not get the wrong idea. I'm lucky to have her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the card of the week. And this week we have a special card of the week because it's actually from your your fan set, the Halls of Valor. Yeah. So um, this is exciting. Yeah. All right. So this this card is called Treasure Diver. And it's a card I designed for the neutral part of the set. It's a neutral epic. And it's a five mana minion that reads, your turn lasts 15 seconds. Whenever you play a card, draw a card. So uh, it's got that Nuzdormu effect on yourself only, but you get the like a mega version of Gadgets and Auctioneer. And uh, I like this card because I think it's really cool to draw cards, and that's fun. And... Mm-hmm. I, I think it plays with one of the aspects that is better within digital card games, which is, you know, the turn timer thing. You can't do that as well within physical card games because then you'd need like a judge sitting there with you the whole time or, I don't know, a stop clock or something like a chess timer thing. Um, and so I like playing with those aspects that are better or only exist within the digital realm, but it doesn't really hurt your opponent or break your opponent's turn like Nosdormu kind of tends to do. So this was, right. uh, I thought, a good way to bring something cool uh, without breaking the game. 
I like it. All right. <clears throat> Treasure diver, you've been down too long because of your greed. Oh, what's becoming of me? Dig for answers. You can draw a turn for the cards you need, but make sure you play them with speed. Say treasure diver, you're like nose door moo mixed with auctioneer. Yeah, there's a lot to fear. Play, play, play the diver, because drawing cards is always fun. And when your turn ends, you're done. I messed up that last line, but that's okay. All right. <laughs> Great uh, job. No, thank you. Now I need uh, a treasure diver. We we need that to become a reality. I like it. <laughs> yeah, the song was playing. Uh, that's Holy Diver, by the way. Devo was uh, playing in my head. So there were lots of going as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And the idea there was just to kind of play up on the stuff that I think is cool about it. Um, and, and I forgot to say, I also thought that the flavor of this was really cool was you're holding your breath, right? So it's someone oh. who's going down, holding breath to get the treasure of drawing cards, but you can only hold your breath so long. So don't get greedy and draw too many cards because then you'll rope out and your turn's done. You don't get to do what you want to do. So uh, that makes uh, that makes it even more thematic. Uh, uh, the the artwork on it is somebody actually holding their breath underwater. So, um, so that's brings it all together. Thank you, Nick. All right. Well, uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, talking about these sets. Can you uh, again tell us uh, how we can get in touch with you if there's any questions or want to add feedback? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the main place where I guess you can kind of find everything that I do and am and every everything is on Twitter. I spend a lot of time there, probably too much time there, um, at HSDeckTech. And that's D-E-C-K-T-E-C-H. Uh, and that's you, kind of the central hub for everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. The blog itself is called The Tavern Blog. Uh, like you said, B-L-A-W-G. And that's at thetavernblog.wordpress.com. Uh, the word blog is spelled that way because in theory it talks about law stuff too, although it's been a little while since I've done a law post. But that's how all the lawyers you know, do their blogs. And then blizzpro.com is where you can find kind of the, um, the ongoing Hearthstone news, all of the updates, uh, some player interviews. I just did one with Monsanto recently, who's uh, currently competing in the uh, world championships. So there's some cool stuff to check out there too, if you're into Hearthstone news. Perfect. Thanks. And all of this information will be added to the show notes. So be sure to check that out on, on the website. Nicholas, thank you so much for being on the show today. You truly are an inspiration. Listeners, be sure to check out the show notes for his contact information, follow him on Twitter, and check out his fan sets on his blog and provide feedback. As you can tell, he's a really wonderful human and someone I can't recommend enough. Thank you all so much for listening. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that you are the Happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you and is sustained by you. There are so many great ways to support what we're doing, and I want to ask that you consider supporting us in some way if you can. 
Our Patreon is the best way to support the show financially, and I'm incredibly thankful for each of you who've jumped on to support in this way. If you'd like to join, head over to patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone to see the cool perks available. We just adjusted some of the levels to reduce complexity and provide higher value at lower support levels, so be sure to go check that out. Another way to support is reviewing the episode on your favorite podcast apps. This helps a lot when people are searching for Hearthstone podcasts, and new reviews are especially helpful as they show an engaged audience and let people know what to expect from me, the new host. Finally, you can support the show by reaching out to be a part of it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to talk about, a deck that you want to show off, or even just want to geek out about your favorite card game with me? Reach out to me via email or DM with your interest in being a part of the show. I'd love to have you on. Also, I have to send a humongous thank you to Menok and Number Theory for being the producers of the Happy Hearthstone. Your love and support is felt every time this show is made, and you've been wonderful during this transition, so I just can't help but send a very special thank you for your continued support. You guys are truly awesome. And finally, as always, we'd love to know what you thought of the show and what you'd like to see added for future episodes. Check the show notes for information on how to get a hold of me or the Happy Hearthstone in general, and definitely reach out if you have any suggestions. We love feedback here. Much love, everyone. Thank you for your time.